You are listening to Practicing Gospel. I'm David Rayburn. On February 11, 2021, I did an interview with a group of Christian artists that were a part of Foundling House, which at the time was a resource for Christian artists to share their work. I had already had an interview with Adam Whipple, one of Foundling House's co-founders, about his work and especially his music. So, in the Foundling House interview, the musicians I interviewed were the husband and wife team, Stephen and Rachel Mosley. Because of the constraints of that interview, we only listened to and discussed one of their songs. But in hearing their song and story, I was interested in doing a full episode so that you can hear more of their work and more about them. This, finally, is the fulfillment of that interest. Well, welcome back, Mosleys. Thank you for being with me again. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's always a joy. Thank you so much, Jane. Well, let's begin by letting you each kind of renew for us uh, your own spiritual journey. Uh, since it's been th- since 2001, since February 2001, uh, that we had the Foundling House interview uh, where I introduced my audience to you all. Uh, so let's let's let you renew your story for us a little bit. Each of us tell your own personal journey. Uh, and then, again, of course, as it, as it came together. Uh, so who wants to go first? Rachel does. I can go first. Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> um, I was raised in a, a kind of a non-religious household. We never talked about faith things or read scripture. Or We did go to, I remember going to church just a few times, but my first real encounter with the gospel story was when I was in the seventh grade. I was in a play called Jesus Christ Superstar, okay. <laughs> uh, which is an interesting way to meet the gospel story, really. Yeah. Um, but before that, I didn't know that Mary Magdalene was different than Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I had not really heard these stories before. Um, I was so moved by the by the the songs and the music and the voice of Jesus in it. And um, I think it started to stir something in me. And then I didn't think a whole lot about it, but I remember walking downtown one time by myself and thinking like, I wish that there was someone I could talk to in my head that would hear my voice and that I could, I could interact and have, have some connection. And um, I remember very vividly having that, thought. And then it wasn't long after that, that a friend of mine invited me to church at high school. And I said, no, I don't really want to do that. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm super busy with theater and dance and I'm not going to do that. And she just kept asking every, every week she would ask me if I would go with her. And I was like, nah. And then she finally was like, would you come and sing, um, sing with me in our church choir? And I was like, yeah, that I'll do. Um, and for two years, this friend, my freshman year and my sophomore year of high school, this friend would pick me up and take me to church. Um, and the, the people there were just so good to me. Um, and I really found a connection. And it helped that not shortly after I started, I had a boyfriend there in the church choir. So that was another connection that made me keep coming. Um, but eventually it just became a place that I really felt at home and enjoyed being. Um, and it was a Catholic youth group that she brought me to. So that's, I think it's funny to say I'm a convert. I wasn't really much of anything before, but that was my introduction to church life. Steven? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what I covered last time. And, and so I'll just kind of give the brief thing is, yeah, I was, I was in a, my, my mother raised me and uh, so I didn't have a dad around and, and we were not, um, in church every Sunday for sure. And, uh, so there was an eclectic experience of church growing up. And, uh, and then one Sunday I had, a, I had, I had this young, uh, brazen young man befriend me. And, and when I was 10 years old and, and he's still, he's a lifelong friend. So still my, my best friend. And, and, uh, you know, he, I just ended up as I was at his house a lot. And so we just ended up at church. I, I would stay over and then his parents would, uh, that's just what they did. So we, we'd go to church and then 
uh, one Sunday uh, morning. Yeah, I just remember somebody turned around, you know, to both of us and going, "Are you are y'all saved?" And we, Windsor, my friend Windsor and I looked at each other and we're like, "No, I don't know. Are we?" <laughs> like, and uh, so that that's how that that was kind of the start of our our trajectory, and and we kind of went. Uh, you know, there were, there were many, uh, youth group interactions all the way through that. And, um, and just really kind of resulted in, um, when I got to high school, I met Rachel and, uh, and, uh, kind of was adopted into her friend group. And, and, uh, uh, that was kind of the, the culmination of, uh, you know, a bunch of experiences where I, you know, where I just really found the gospel and found Jesus and, and, uh, you know, kind of was learning what it meant to love and serve. And, and, um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of that. And, and, uh, then I tried to date Rachel a bunch of times and, and, uh, and, uh, she was, she, she, I, for, for various reasons, we, it never worked out and, and, uh, <laughs> in high school. And then, uh, I went to college and we kind of, uh, and part of it was, you know, it was kind of interesting because I was, I was very Methodist. I was very involved in Methodist church and, and I, I was on the national youth council and like very, you know, part of my own church. And, and I, I just, I could imagine becoming, you know, switching, you know, switching gears for on account of a girl. Uh, so it really helped me that Rachel was not that interested and it just kept me interested in the Catholic church. And, um, and then, you know, somewhere, uh, after, after high school and before Rachel and I reconnected, um, you know, I kind of, uh, found, found a, a solid ground in the Catholic church and that's how I ended up there. And then Rachel and I kind of circled back to each other and, and, uh, got married and five kids and, and, uh, here we are. And then, you know, I guess since, since last we talked, um, was, that was pandemic period right david yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah we've kind of tried to reemerge and and been incredibly busy um teenagers you know they uh, you know parents other parents tell you that that teenage kids are really busy but they are that like we're we're really experiencing that now just being being really busy trying to get everyone to all their things and and uh you know try to keep tr- trying to keep our faith life functional and and uh and our music and creativity and and that's been where our journey has been um i guess almost almost to like we're what at uh a year and nine months since we last got to chat with you yeah yeah it's february 2021 yeah yeah so um, um well let's let's listen let's let's listen to one of your songs uh, let's start out with, uh, I guess one of Tom Petty did, uh, calls it'll all work out. Uh, so let's listen to that one. And you can kind of tell us a story about, uh, wanting to record that. Sure.
Tell us then about this song. Uh, why is it that you like this song, wanted to record this song? Our, our hometown that we live in, in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, the locals get together every every year and the local musicians do a tribute concert and it is so much fun. And they choose a different artist every year and they chose Tom Petty one year. And we I knew some I knew the basic Tom Petty songs that everybody knows. Um, but we kind of did a deep dive and I just was looking through lyrics and found this beautiful lyric that I just thought was so incredible and wondered if we could do an arrangement of it. And we really liked what we came out with. It's such a, um, such an emotional sounding song. So it was really fun to sing and perform. Yeah. It just seemed to sit with what we did, what we do. Um, and yeah, it, it was like we couldn't imagine not recording it once we kind of figured it out. And, uh, you know, we do covers from here. You know, we do covers, you know, occasionally. But like this one was really very just seemed really uh, to sit with us. And it was really funny um, after we recorded the album, we had we had a friend reach out to us and, and was, was like, yeah, you, what you did was so great. But that that one song you guys wrote, it just was so good. And we're <laughs> so it was simultaneously like you know very you know rewarding that he thought we had we had written that and also like oh, <laughs> which, we, which we had. <laughs> well, so uh, you know the 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 song deals with with us kind of in in the sense um, uh, a sense of hope uh, in the midst of of actual personal failure of, of letting someone down. Yeah. Um, what was it about that? that uh... <laughs> Maybe that's just the story of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's true about it. We've been married for 22 years now. Is that right? 22 yes. years. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, um, yeah I, I think that's and even with children that's just such a such a human feeling of like trying your best and it doesn't quite work out but it but it'll all work out in the end somehow it's just a really cool sentiment well in our last interview um you talked about um that you all tried um some of the praise and worship and liturgical writing. Um, but that, that, that really didn't, wasn't a good fit. Um, and so how do you, how do you see uh, the interaction uh, between uh, what you do perform uh, and what you do write uh, and your faith? I think we've kind of been, I don't know, just we have a, we have a Catholic and a, a Christian worldview. I think whatever we write of, it, of any genre just reflects that naturally without a lot of effort. We did, we did really love arranging Psalms, but trying to write praise and worship music, particularly, um, maybe we're just, I think we lean towards the lament a little bit. Yeah, I think I, you know we we had a lot of uh, experiences uh, where we we've had a lot of times where we've we've played a show and and had people come up to afterwards and and ask us like you know are you um, yeah y'all are y'all are Christians right <laughs> like you know and like that's maybe the best compliment you know in in a lot of ways for us um, you know to you know, because, you know, um, 
the the Catholic Mass is kind of structured a little different than than most Protestant services, and and so in the in the Mass, the you know there's really only two evangelistic components to it, and and that's the ho- the homily, the the message, and the music, and and so I, I think that's always really sat with us that um, that our music could be evangelistic, and 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 if you're writing evangelistic music you've really got to reach a crowd that's not your own you know that's just part of how it works well i know that um you know in, in my own observation there there seems to be like you say kind of two two broad approaches uh there are those christians that say i'm i'm doing my art for a christian audience uh my content is intentionally christian uh, and I'm and I'm I'm addressing either a Christian audience or, as you talked about, Stephen, uh, uh, in an evangelistic way. I'm 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 seeking to present the gospel uh, to those that, that don't know Christ. Um, but the other is is kind of like Al City and Bono. Uh, their interest really is in uh, being within the the mainstream mm-hmm. uh, media. They don't deny their art. Uh, I mean, don't deny their faith. Uh, they're open about their faith, uh, and it and it forms the the lens through which they, you know, make their art. Uh, but they're they're attempting to appeal to the the broader audience. And I find uh, the same true with uh, writers. I've I've interviewed uh, some writers uh, in the same thing. Uh, some are intentionally uh, Christian in their in their writing, uh, where others it forms just a part of what it is that they're doing, uh, but that they're they're telling a, a, a story for everybody. Uh, so, in the, where do you all kind of see yourself in that? In kind of more of that second vein? I'd say so. I think more in that second vein. I always align with Bono, like whatever he's doing, he's doing it well. So I just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 I like what you're saying there, that, that there's some middle ground for evangelism, you know, cause I, what I was thinking is I actually find um, with or without you. And, and so, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, especially like, so much of U2's music and then um, Switchfoot's another band that really comes to mind that, that really kind of the, like they, they all kind of um, skirt that ground of, of, you know, evangelism without being evangel, you know, like, I don't know, there's some middle ground there that, um, that I, I think is, uh, you know, if you, if you can reach somebody who, you know, like Rachel was saying earlier with, you know, um, uh, with musical theater, like that reached her and that is not intentionally evangelistic, you know, uh, intentionally van- evangelistic musical. So that reached her in her space. And, and I, I would, yeah, you know, um, you know, kind of in the, in the vein of leaving the 99 to find the one would, would venture musically more in that direction. Like I would be more appealed to go, find the one than to, uh, you know, write another, write a song for the 99. I, but not that there's, you know, like that's very meaningful and, and well done. It's just where I'm more compelled to go. Rachel, you could probably speak more to that. No, I think that was well said. Yeah. I was thinking too, um, the artist Mindy Smith, we got to see her live a few times and she ends her, um, her folk concert, she's a beautiful singer, beautiful writer, and she ends her folk concerts, um, well, I guess just the two that I've seen, maybe she doesn't do this often, but she ends with a song called um, Come to Jesus, but it's, it's a, I mean, it's a folk song, but it is so moving to see, and it's, it was especially cool to see the crowd at her concert, just anybody and everybody, um, respond to that song at the end of engaging with this artist, and, um, and then to see her invite people to, to think about Jesus was really cool. And I think that's something that we, um, we want to do as well. Just get people to think about their experiences in a, um, in a spiritual way. Although we don't, 
we, I mean, we just write simple folk songs. That Whatever we can come up with. Like, we're just like, yay, there's yeah. a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not really a deliberate evangelical aspect to what we're writing. Um, but, um, but Over the Rhine is another, I think that, I think they do a really cool job of that. And then um, we've, got, yeah. yeah, we've gotten to meet several artists, you know, just in, in being in the music, being in and around music that, you know, that have similar trajectories and it's just always kind of interesting to meet those people and see where they are and, and how they're interacting with, with humanity. Okay. Well, let's listen to another song. Uh, this one's called brighter days and this is one of your own compositions, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Okay. Chewed on the bones From the aftermath Left yourself exposed To what was left You found a way to carry on After all is said and done Walked amid the ghosts To lead you on to brighter days So tell us about this song. Uh, how did it come to be written? Oh, I, yeah, I, you know, um, I have a, I have a really, I, I spoke about my friend earlier and um, he was, he was the inspiration, you know, for the song. He, you know, he had joined the military and, and, uh, and, you know, he just, one of those people is like a very enigmatic person and, very bright and like uh, inspiring and, and really drew things out of me that I didn't know I had of myself from a young age. 
and then just kind of kept getting the shaft like throughout life, like, you know, not horribly, like, you know, but just kind of like, you know, he, he would do one thing and then something would happen. And, you know, then he joined the military and ended up with a really bad back injury. You know, it was just kind of this, this whole thing. And, and, uh, and uh, so I, I woke up one night with uh, the idea of him in, in my head and, and that like, uh, surely for this, this person, as, as with so many others, there's just gotta be, there's just gotta be something coming for this, this amazing human, you know, that, that has changed my entire existence, you know, especially for me without, uh, without an older brother, without a dad growing up, like, you know, to, to have a, a strong male presence in my life was really, uh, inspiring and, and, uh, drew, drew so much out of me and, and, uh, so, uh, but also, you know, with the understanding of like, you know, we don't have any guarantees within this, this life that things are going to, you know, wrap up with a bow and, and, you know, um, so I, I think we kind of wrote, wrote that out of both perspectives. Uh, Rachel contributed a lot to that and, and, uh, you know, and, and we just kind of found some happy medium ground with that, I think. Yeah. Well, it's all, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a song that can um, speak to multiple contexts, um, you know, because I was, I, when I was listening to it, it struck me that uh, there's folks in Fort Myers, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that recently have lost so much. Um, and of course, the war in Ukraine, uh, you, you know, they, they interview individuals about all the, you know, the things that they've lost, uh, those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, I can see that this this is an appealing song uh, to folks uh, from multiple experiences of loss of different kinds. Um, I like your the song. I mean the the uh, uh, part of the verse that says um, uh, "Walking among the ghosts that led you on to brighter days." Uh, talk about that. Talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> Um, Rachel, no, <laughs> I mean, I know I was just thinking we, um, at, at this, sometimes Stephen and I will choose like a, I mean, he would bring, he brought that lyric, um, about his friend and I had a good friend at the time, um, in her early twenties, mid twenties, I guess, going through the loss of her husband to cancer, a young couple. And, uh, I don't exactly remember the context for writing that line, but that just watching, um, watching her process his loss with all of his um, his family still around, his um, his dog, his musical instruments that he played, all of the things that were still around. I remember sitting in her house with her and just thinking, like, you have all of these reminders of him without having him near you, and what what must that be like to walk through? I think I think that was what inspired that. It's so funny. It's such a, it's such a, a, a crazy process to, to, especially I think within marriage to, to try to write songs, to write songs together. And, and uh, I mean, it's so rewarding, you know, in a lot of ways, like, you know, to bring, to bring a lyric to, or, or a passage or, or whatever to the other person and, and to have that extrapolate and kind of connect and, and then they take it somewhere else. Um, uh, is, is really incredible. So, you know, I, that was, that, that song was especially good. And that, that was another, one of the cool things about that song was that was a song that, that we really loved and, uh, but it wasn't, it just never quite found its proper shape. And, uh, so when we went to record it, um, the, the people that came the, you know, the producers that came in to help us record it, um, they that that was one of the ones that came out way better than we brought it in and and really grew out of that process and that that was that was hu hugely like rewarding uh for uh, for us i think to to have that song kind of find its footing and and really become you know even the like the drums like that was never something we had imagined for it but it really just kind of just really adds a you know for a uh 
lack of a better ter- term, uh, kick uh, to it, you know, and, and really uh, lands it in a way that um, we hadn't, I had not been able to envision. Do you have a formula uh, for your <laughs> composing process? You know, do you follow a, a kind of a pattern or how do you, how do you all go about your composing? We might do well to consider making a formula. <laughs> <laughs> um, Facebook, if you're listening, we'll take any algorithm you have. Like, that would be great. Um, um, sometimes we'll pick a theme and say like, oh, I've been thinking a lot about like my brother. Can we, um, why don't we try to write a song about, about our brothers? Um, and and we did that. And we, we often are not, I mean, we're not together all the time, despite being um, married, we are all running different directions. So we kind of will do like voice text memos or um, an email back and forth of a song. I'll put lyrics in and then Steven will um, respond and delete half of my lyrics and add other lyrics. And then I'll respond and delete all of those and put mine back and <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. It's essentially marriage um, therapy, just without the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then, then when oh, you can, didn't, you didn't like that. Oh, <laughs> I like that. was so good. That was my favorite thing I've ever written. Thanks. <laughs> um, then we'll sit when we get to sit down together. We kind of have the emails of the songs, or sometimes it's a phone note, a shared phone note, and we'll go over and try to put it to a format um, with whatever. Do you tend to start with lyrics and then move to music? Usually. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll come in with a a kind of a strong, or, I mean, so, you know, Rachel does play guitar, but she doesn't, um, like, she, it's just never been her forte to write on it. So every once in a while, I'll come in with a stronger melody guitar piece and like a scrap of lyrics, but, you know, one thing, I mean, so beyond being a, like a really lucky to have such a great vocalist uh, as my partner, um, Rachel's a really great editor. Like just even like, you know, if you ever have a paper or anything you need edited, she's really like, that's just her strong suit. So um, I, I kind of find myself like a, you know, a decent guitarist and a decent writer. And so it's really not, it's been you know, it's kind of like finding your, your right writing partner, you know, like just oftentimes I bring things to her and, and she's either like, that's just terrible or, or, you know, she'll, she'll kind of strip it down and and reformat it in a way that's just, it. and, and, you know, there, um, you know, yeah, there's just been a lot of songs like that where, where I've kind of brought the, the construct and of that, you know, kind of the idea of, of the house or the building and, and she's really, filled it out in a way that's that's kind of given it its meaning so uh, that's that's been really funny fun to to be a part of you know and and to see our strengths and weaknesses you know kind of come together and and fill each other out well to go back to the song uh in the bridge i guess it's it's almost like a mantra uh you've got the repetition uh, of the line, uh, loss is the cost of love. Um, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it is just the truth, you know, like you, yeah. you walk in this life and, you know, it, it, you know, if, if you, if you're married, if you have children, if you, if you, uh, have a friend, you know, eventually there's going to be some loss. And, and I, I think when we wrote that we were in our mid thirties and, and the really kind of learning that lesson. Like, I think, I think you come into your thirties kind of thinking like, Oh yeah, no, I can do all the right things and, and I, things won't hurt. And, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have all the things I need. And, and then you, you, you know, at least for us, like, you know, we just had, you know, just, just stuff happens and, and you, you've got to adjust and, and you, you learn to li- to live with loss. At least that was kind of my take on that, that line. We also, uh, early on, we, we recorded, when we were recording our EP, we had, um, uh, it was just us and, a, and an engineer in the studio and it was just the best experience. And, um, and one of the songs we had written has a, 
as a similar repetition to it. And the guy said, uh, yeah, you know, Dylan does that a lot. That's really cool. And so (laughs) I think that, I think there was just (laughs) that, that, that desire, you know, to, uh, I, I kind of remember that thinking like, Oh, you know, repetition is not always a bad thing. And, and so Mm. uh, that was a, a thing that I think came into that song and yeah. Rachel. Yeah. I don't remember that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well then let's listen to uh, our, our next one. Um, this one is quiet on the porch. And again, this is one of your compositions. I believe. So yeah, let's listen to it. Comfort me I see you in my sleep 
Well, um, at least in the ones that we've been listening to, uh, there seems to be a, a theme of loss <laughs> uh, in, in your songs. Uh, is that uh, the case for you all as far as something that you like to revisit? I think so. I think we do spend a lot of um, a lot of time trying to process loss and how to how to deal with loss. I think too. We lived when we wrote this album. We lived in a neighborhood that was really small, way out in the country, and we had we knew all of our neighbors really well, and they were of all different ages. Um, and I can think of like an older couple that we loved. The husband had dementia. A few houses down, the older, another older couple, they had, um, the wife lost her husband and we'd see Miss Pat, like, take her dog out by herself. And I think we were just really looking at everyone's stories of, of their particular losses and not just our own, but, um, I think, like Stephen said, we were just kind of waking up to that a little bit of, oh, wow, how do you, um, how do you walk through loss and it, and you can't fix it. How do you incorporate loss and grief just into your story and yet continue on with hope? So um, I think a lot of that just came out of the stories of our own stories of loss, but also of our, of our immediate community. This particular song uh, came out of, uh, we had, we were just kind of figuring out music at this point. We had, we had played a bunch of, uh, we, we had started just, playing songs together, just cover songs on our front porch. And, and, uh, we had this married for a while too, maybe 15 years or so. We had never really done that together. We'd never got out the guitar really. We thought we would because we both were musical, but, um, in our early marriage, we just kind of never did that together. So we finally started doing that and we'd just sit out on the porch and I'd say, Oh, can you learn such and such song that I like and go on Steven? It was our, our, our front porch was, was almost, it was like two and a half. It was like really high up and kind of nestled in trees. So it felt really private. And that's kind of actually how we ended up kind of doing music was we were up there playing songs and our neighbors heard us, but we didn't think they could because we were in this nest. And, and, uh, and then, um, you know, so that happened. And then we, then we won an open mic night and then we ended up with, you know, recording an EP and, and then this song, I, I still remember pretty distinctly, like we were up one night and we were working on some, some music and, and uh, Rachel really just very distinctly said, you know, said, you know, like if you weren't here, that, that porch would be really quiet or some, something along those lines, like just something really <laughs> like just, and it just hit me like, and, and so that's kind of what that song er, erupted out of is like how in, and how codependent we are. Like, um, I, I don't sing, you know, like I'm not a lead singer and she's not, you know, she's not comfortable with the guitar. Like, you know, this is just kind of like how quickly this could just not be ours anymore. And, and, and how, Oh, that would just be so, so sad. So, um, that's kind of where that, that sentiment came out of at least. Well, I noticed that, yeah, Rachel's the, the, the singer. Uh, you know, and, and so I didn't know uh, to what degree, uh, Steve. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Um, I grew up and, you know, I, I kind of found guitar in middle school. Um, I was a trumpet player in middle school and high school and, and found guitar. And, uh, um, and I was just kind of told that I wasn't a good singer, so I just didn't push at it. And uh, Rachel was in musical theater and, and, you know, magicals and did all of these, you know, so uh, she just got a, a better, better trained instrument than I, than I have for sure, you know, and, uh, and so I was actually just pleasantly surprised that I could sing any harmonies or anything at all that would be contributory to, you know, to, a, to any of this. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's kind of, you know, if, if ever the song hit where I just could sing it well, but I don't, I don't have great control would be my, my statement on that, of my instrument. I, I, I like the sense of, of partnership that you have, like you say, playing yeah. each other's strengths and combining that. Yeah. Uh, 
that's a that's a neat and rare thing uh, <laughs> that happens. Uh, well, in this song, as well as in um, it'll uh, it'll all work out. Uh, and, and other than that's not your song; it's Tom Petty's song. Um, but uh, there is the theme of water, uh, troubling waters um that that are in both of these levees uh dealing with with water that that's troubling uh and then the um the song that we're not going to be uh doing with but uh 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 can't take it with us it talks about um uh the tidal pool mm-hmm. um so is that something um again that's a recurring kind of theme in your music and your lyrics um that's does- interesting to hear Oops. That's interesting to hear. I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that as a theme particularly, but we both grew up, I grew up in Louisiana until I was 10 and then in Pensacola where we were um, often dealing with hurricanes. Um, my family business, my dad owns marinas along the Gulf Coast. So a hurricane for a marina is devastating and dangerous. And I think that's just... Um, in us it's part of how we both grew up on the water and we we moved away for 10 years to atlanta and we would drive down and look at the water if we had only three days off we would drive down you know get to where we could see the beach and then head back as fast as we had to to get back for work and stuff but i think i think that water imagery is just in how we grew up and how we've been raised which is interesting i hadn't noticed it but it's cool to see it pointed out yeah, and, and you know, even you know, in religion, just how um, you know, you know, in, in the Gospels about how you know, there's the storm that Jesus calms, he walks out of the water, and then there's baptism. I mean, there's all of this kind of you know, water is always the safety and the danger all in one, and and uh, or the sal- you know, salvation and da- you know, so um, yeah, that I think that's just part of being coastal babies growing up here, you know, with the water um, really sits deep with us. Well, the song called to my mind, um, Psalm 30, verse 5, which talks about weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, And yet in this context, uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, the, the, with the dawn doesn't come the the sense of expectation and hope. At least that's the way it came across to me. Uh, yeah, I think about sometimes the oh yeah. I think sometimes the night can can stretch over several days. I know any big losses that I've experienced, there's that just that awful feeling while the world is going on and you're wondering how everyone can be going about their business and checking their mail and doing their normal things while you're in such a state. Um, so maybe the night can be several days long, but there, there is ho- hopefully our songs are conveying the hope that the joy has come. <laughs> Perhaps at long last. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's, let's listen to our last song then. Um, this one is, uh, running out the road again, which is one of your compositions. So let's listen to it.
So tell us about the kind of subtle shift uh, that occurs uh, in the first uh, couple of lines uh, where first line says you're running out of road and the second one goes running out the road. And, and since you repeat that, <laughs> and of course, I'm assuming that's intentional. So talk about, talk <laughs> about the shift. <laughs> I'm not sure that it was initially intentional, but after I sang it, on accident, I liked it, but um, <laughs> I, I like the idea that like, we're, we're running out of time, but we're also like pounding out our lives a little bit. Like we're, we're working out um, our daily existence together and, and, and just generally like we're, we're running out the road, doing the things that are set before us as best as we can, as long as we can. And we only have so much of it to work out like you know it's kind of yeah um yeah that um that was definitely a really interesting moment when rachel sang that and 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 just and that was the take like and it was just like oh wow like that's that just says something and that's one of the cool things that happens in the studios just sometimes the thing happens and you're like oh that that speaks to something deep deeper that we didn't know we were bringing in here and that was yeah I really like that particular thing. Thanks for catching that. Wow. That's, that's a, a nuanced catch there. Yeah. Well, the, and, and um, you, you mentioned earlier that you usually conclude your set with this. This is your kind of final song of your, of your concerts. Uh, talk about that. <laughs> Well, one, it's upbeat, and we don't have a lot of upbeat songs, so <laughs> 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 um, so that helps. And then, yeah, just it just it just feels like kind of a natural closer musically, um, and then thematically, yeah, it's like that, that, this is it, like we're out, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, that that was a neat, it, it, um, kind of a, a little bit on on a side note. We when we first moved to this area, we we um, rented a kind of this old, very old house that, um, that was as much as I'm, was legit, legitimately haunted. We would, I think, I think that's so. right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we lived there and, and when we were first staying there, like, we we're like, man, this, this, this house, like, it's just, you know, this has got to have some songs in it. And that was, that was the song. Like there was just something, gothic and 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 kind of haunted about that song that that i don't i don't know that we've written anything else like that um so it was kind of a, a neat song to come out of that and then and then to record well i like the line it was interesting in the line uh desires cruel and stirs up hope what do you mean by that and not to not to continue on with the strange haunted house story and make everyone think that we're fully crazy, but um, we wondered like what is happening in this house. I I was sweeping the floor one time and I had the thought of like oh I hope you're he I'm keeping your house clean enough for you and I was like <laughs> what for who what a super weird thought um, and then we had our one of our childhood buddies that we met that I met in that youth group all those years ago is a priest. And he came over and um, he was also in theater with me. And I've always kind of like, Oh, father Nick, he's a little bit of a dramatic guy or whatever, but he came over and he was just hanging out with us and the family. And he was like, Oh, your house is haunted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, can, you know, can you bless it? And he was like, I can bless it, but man, I wonder what, what is going on here? And, um, kind of our, like, when we chat about it, Stephen and I were like, I wonder if someone, this is totally a bizarre speculation, but I was like, what if someone is so attached to this beautiful, it was this extremely gorgeous house. And what if someone is so attached to it that they won't, they won't go on, you know, to their final resting place. And uh, that just sounds very wacky, I'm sure. But, um, I think that, I don't know, just for some, somehow that, that line desire is cruel and stirs up hope in every fool. Somehow, somehow that is connected there. <laughs> you may have to do the work to connect it for me, but. 
Well, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the eye of the needle and, and, you know, having to leave our possessions behind and, and that's yeah. like, like, that's a very real biblical, like, uh, and just universal struggle. Like people, people want to take it with and, um, yeah, we do another song. Can't take it with you when you go that, that, that speaks to that as well as like, you know, it's just, you know, it's about letting go and kind of finding peace with that. And, and I think running out of road kind of speaks to that as well in some way through a haunted yeah. uh, plantation home. <laughs> well, to me, the song came across um, as relating to planting, uh, seasonal uh, kind of sense of farming. Mm. Uh, hmm you know, cyclical kind of images. Um, am I, is that just me or was that something that uh, you all had in mind as a part of the song? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think that's something we read a lot of Wendell Berry. Um, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I think, I think particularly at the time of the album, we were reading a lot of Wendell Berry's leavings. Um, where he speaks a lot about seasonality and farming, and then to be on this piece of this this old farmhouse, basically, um, I think surely that made its way into the into the lyrics. Well, how is it that you all um, decided on your um, particular style? Um, you know, folk as opposed to rock or uh, pop or something other. Uh, how does how does it that, that, that this kind of fit you all? Um, or country or even country, you know? Um, well, you know, we, we do, we do swing a little country. Like that's, that's definitely um, something that, that, that a place we go. And um, the, you know, it was, it was just such a weird process, like learning to write together, you know, and I think Rachel alluded to this when, you know, when we first got married, like Rachel was, you know, Rachel was doing worship in, in our youth band. And, and, you know, I, you know, I was a guitar player and, you know, trumpet player and, you know, so it was just kind of like just the broad assumption we would start doing music as soon as we got married. And, and then it was just like, it just never happened. And it was, it was just a real, weird and i i think it's just like kind of a good like if i if i was passing on a lesson to to another couple or another anyone you know learning to music is just be open to to what to where your gifts are and it, it wasn't until um i was driving back to georgia one night um real late and uh it was just me in the car and and i was i think i was listening to some county crows or something and and uh but the the first song we ever wrote was uh, called "Come Back," and 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 it's kind of a country-ish song. But um, but like it was the first time I thought like, oh, I've been I've been you know because you know I, I grew up like loving Pearl Jam and and like you know alternative grunge and and rock and Zeppelin and and you know but I just. I couldn't, I could never write those songs. And, and then, so I wrote this kind of, it's a very simple kind of countryish ballad, you know, of, of longing and, and it just flowed right out. And I was like, Oh, and then, uh, you know, it was probably a year or two later that, that we, that I finally had the courage to bring it to Rachel and be like, I, I wrote this song babe. and, uh, she didn't <laughs> laugh out loud. So that was a good sign. And, and we, you know, we kind of worked, worked on that one. And then, you know, and then there was another one and, um, you know, and the, most of the early stuff, is, it does have kind of a, a little bit of a co- more country feel. And then we just kind of like eased into this, you know, and just was what was available to write, you know, you just kind of take the, the offerings that come down, you know, you take the manna that you find on the ground in the morning, like you just like, Oh, thank goodness. There's something, you know, that's a good image. I like that image. <laughs> the the manna that's on the ground in the morning. Well, how do you think that your um, 
your faith um, shapes your booking. How do you go about seeking venues, and does, does your faith factor into that? It it does certainly a little bit factor in. I mean, we don't we we would book we happily play at churches. We book churches. Um, we love to play listening room kind of environments, singer songwriter kind of environments. Um, we have found that we do not like to play at bars, and we just I just don't feel super comfortable in a bar. I never have felt super comfortable in bars. We typically avoid that kind of booking. Um, what would no, you say? No, with the bars, you know, you know, it's, you know, back to the evangelistic thing. Like um, I would, I think we'd probably happily play bars if, if it weren't for the two big TV screens and the, the martini shakers, yeah, but- like in the middle of our songs, <laughs> like if they could just yeah. not do that. Then, then we might like, evangelistically go yeah. and <laughs> happily play. It's not a fun bars. place to play music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I am very grateful uh, for you all being willing to share your work with us, your art with us. Uh, thank and, you, thank uh, you for having us. It's, it's it's always you're you're so lovely to talk to and and uh, such a good host. Thank you. Well, thank absolutely. You. Thank you so much. Well, blessings on on the work that you continue to do. Uh, Thank you. And you as well. Well, you are listening to Practicing Gospel. I'm David Rayburn. The intro and outro music for this episode is from a clip of a song called Father Let Your Kingdom Come, which is found on the Porter's Gate Worship Project Work Songs album and is used by permission from the Porter's Gate Worship Project. This show has as its purpose enabling you to hear the voices of the Christian left and about the issues and concerns that are of interest to the Christian left. Practicing Gospel Inc. is a nonprofit organization. If you like what you've heard, go to my website at practicing-gospel.blubrry.net to subscribe and hopefully to donate. Your participation will help me continue this effort. Thank you for listening and for your support. Blessings. May the words from my mouth speak your-